Good morning, and welcome to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN, where our goal every Sunday is to entertain, enlighten, and expose you to information that can lead to positive change in your life. I'm Larry Hardesty. My guest this morning is Howard Bike. He's Senior Vice President of Corporate and Sports Alliances and Partnerships for the American Cancer Society. And we've got some very important information to share with you and an event to tell you about. So if you're planning a nice Sunday breakfast, chilling on a Sunday morning, or preparing for a virtual sunrise service, or maybe you're about to hit the road for an early chilly run, remember your mask and social distancing, and thanks for making us a part of your morning. We'll talk about a very exciting alliance to help cure cancer when New York Sports and Beyond returns on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. You know, for more than 20 years, Howard Bike has created innovative corporate partnerships to maximize business results and deliver social impact in senior roles across the range of industries within the pro, profit, and nonprofit sectors. He is currently Senior Vice President of Corporate Alliances and Solutions for the American Cancer Society. He is responsible for developing and managing corporate partnerships, cause marketing campaigns, sponsorships, licensing, and workplace engagement programs to fund breakthrough cancer research and patient support programs. He's also negotiated the partnership with Avon to be the national presenting sponsor of Making Strides Against Breast Cancer, which last year raised over $60 million in the fight against breast cancer. He also developed the Strategy Alliance with CBS Health, making them the official pharmacy retailer of the American Cancer Society to increase access to health products and services and build upon a long-standing partnerships that includes providing tobacco control expertise and support to the company's Be the First initiative, CBS Health five-year $50 million commitment to help deliver the first tobacco-free generation. After graduating Cornell University, he started his career at the Walt Disney Company, where over an 11-year span, he held various positions, including Director of Corporate Alliances at Walt Disney World. Join me in welcoming Howard Bike to New York Sports and Beyond. Hi, Howard. Good Sunday morning. Hey, good Sunday morning to you, Larry. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes out of this Sunday morning. Howard, I'm, I'm looking at your resume, and I kind of introduced our audience to you before we got started, and I can't wait to talk about the Hockey Fights Cancer Initiative, but I want to talk a little bit about you. You have a fascinating career path on how you got to this point. I want you to share that a little bit. Well, um, well, thanks for asking. Um, well, I will share with you that I've worked uh, in both for-profit environments as well as nonprofit environments. And, you know, one of the things that uh, gives me great gratification is the opportunity to work with um, companies and organizations, and we'll talk a little bit about what that looks like with the NHL, really to bring their strength to address uh, social issues, social problems, and in our case, uh, the fight against cancer. So, uh, you know, my background, I, I started my career at the Walt Disney Company and worked at a variety of different positions and candidly inspired by my own cancer journey, joined the American Cancer Society about four years ago and have been thrilled ever since. You know, it, it is so interesting, Howard, and in doing this program, I've come in contact, and, and unfortunately, many of us have family members or know of somebody who has contracted this dreaded disease that we're trying to get rid of and eradicate. And it's usually something of a career path or, or a path that you've come in contact with somebody that changes your life or brings you, wants you, urges you to get more involved. Not that we don't know about cancer, Howard, because we hear about it all the time, but as you get that personal environment around somebody who has it, it really wakes you up to just how bad this disease really is. 
You know, it's it's really true, and it's unfortunate that uh, one in three Americans are affected by cancer during their lifetimes. And as you sort of alluded to, if it's not yourself, uh, you're almost always one or two degrees of separation from, you know, a family member, a loved one, a friend who's been afflicted by cancer. So, you know, obviously the American Cancer Society is committed to fight for a world without cancer. And, you know, we we're, we're winning the fight, but uh, candidly, we've got a, a lot of work to do. We do. And, you know, I always share this with my audience. And for those who, who haven't heard the show before, haven't heard me share this story. This is why, and you and I will say this a number of times during this conversation, so people should get used to it. Uh, early detection is key. And for me, it was my wife urging me to go and get, you know, tested for colon cancer. And Howard, when I went, after I underwent the surgery, you know, uh, you know how that goes, you know, the preparation that you go through and they like, oh, I don't want to go through that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to, you know. And so you go through it. And then after you come out from the, the procedure, the doctor said to me, he said, why are you here today? I said, you know, my wife been nagging me to get this done. And Howard, I had several polyps on my colon that turned out to not be cancerous, thank God. But the doctor said, had you not come in earlier, I don't know that we would be able to share that positive diagnosis with you. So how would I say that to share with my audience, whether it's you, whether it's a loved one, whether it's a close friend, make sure you urge that person to go get your cancer screen, whether it's prostate, whether it's breast cancer, whether it's lung cancer, whether it's colon cancer, whatever it is, you got to be tested. And, and so often, Howard, I think that we're kind of anti-doctor. You know, we really don't want to know. We don't want to know what's going on. We feel okay, so we just move on. But in some cases, Howard, we take better care of our cars than we do our bodies. <laughs> yeah, that's well said. Um, well, first and foremost, I'm glad to see that you're cancer-free and uh, or free of cancer. Um, I'm so glad that you uh, did get your colonoscopy. And I, I just want to just uh, highlight something about screening because, you know, in this day and age with COVID-19, um, it's actually, to your point about people are reluctant to go to the doctor or dentist, and that's all very understandable. But, you know, given the pandemic, we're actually in the cancer space really, really concerned that folks are afraid to go get their uh, mammograms or their colonoscopies um, because they're afraid about catching COVID. And we're seeing huge declines in screening rates. You know, we've made great progress. The American Cancer Society is very focused on educating and informing people about the importance of proactively preventing cancer, and screening is a big part of that. Hopefully, we'll talk a little bit more about ways people can prevent cancer as we talk today. But, you know, really, right now, in this current environment, um, we're seeing some real challenges with people going and doing what you just did. And so, you know, if there's a message that I can, you know, communicate today is get screened. I mean, obviously, you know, whether it's skin cancer or, or, or testicular cancer or breast cancer, you obviously can do self-exams. But uh, in many cases, you do need to go uh, to your doctor and get the, the, the necessary screening, just like you did. Absolutely. Howard Bike is the Senior Vice President of Corporate and Sports Alliances and Partnerships with the American Cancer Society. He's my guest. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. All right, Howard, I've teased the audience long enough. I'm excited to hear about this Hockey Fights Cancer Initiative. Tell me how it became, how it comes together, how long it's been in action, and, and how successful has it been? 
Well, it's, it's been it's an extraordinary program. It actually was founded in 1998 hmm. by the National Hockey League and the National Hockey League Players Association. And uh, the program is, again, called Hockey Fights Cancer. And it really unites the hockey community in support of cancer patients and their family. Um, and actually, over the past 22 years, it's, it's raised over $28 million. So we're, we're raising funds. Obviously, it takes capital to do the great work we do. And uh, we're, we're partners with the Canadian Cancer Society in focusing those dollars really in direct patient support services for uh, two main programs. One is Hope Lodge, and the other one is called Road to Recovery. And uh, Hope Lodge, we have, tw- uh, I'd say, probably over 32 Hope Lodges across the United States that essentially provide lodging for cancer patients who need to get their treatment far away from home. Uh, So this is a really critical service for cancer patients and their caregivers. Um, The Road to Recovery program uh, provides free ride uh, for patients uh, to get their chemotherapy. There are a lot of folks that have um, unreliable transportation or no ability to get to and from their treatments. So this is a very valuable service for them. So we've been doing this uh, with um, the NHL and the NHLPA, like I said, for over 22 years. Um, And, you know, there's some really extraordinary, fun, exciting components. The color uh, that represents uh, Hockey Fights Cancer is lavender. And the reason is because lavender is the color that covers all cancers. So um, we have great programs. The Dasher boards are in lavender during the season. Coaches and broadcasters will be wearing their Hockey Fights Cancer ties. Players are celebrating Hockey Fight Cancer nights by wearing, you know, Hockey Fight Cancer jerseys and using lavender stick tapes during warm-ups. So each of the 31 NHL clubs celebrate their own Hockey Fights Cancer night throughout the season. That's great. Next on New York Sports and Beyond, we'll explore the role of sports, not just the NHL, in fighting cancer. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for stopping by New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Let's continue my conversation with Howard Bike. You know, Howard, can you speak to, from um, your sports alliance and partnership aspect, can you speak to how really professional teams in numerous sports have embraced the fight with cancer to join along with the Cancer Society? The The NFL does it, Major League Baseball does it, NBA does it. Can you just talk about how that, how that partnership helps really bring uh, more attention to the work that you guys are trying to do with the American and Canadian cancer societies. Yeah, no, thanks for asking, Larry, because we're extremely proud at the American Cancer Society that we're working with many of the major sports leagues. Look, there's no bigger platform than sports to communicate uh, to the general public about the importance of um, prevention, detection, education, uh, research, advocacy, all of the things that we do to help, as I mentioned earlier, try and strive for a world without cancer. Um, We have a great relationship, for example, with the National Football League. Uh, It's called Crucial Catch, and it's really focused on, and we just actually concluded it in October. We dedicated the whole month of October teams, and, you know, I mentioned the, the lavender for the NHL. We had uh, essentially rainbow uh, merchandise that we have uh, worked with the, NA, uh, the NFL and with Nike to sell, of which we 
get a portion of the proceeds to fund a lot of our work really in the health equity space. You know, one of the things that, you know, we uh, is very timely uh, given world events um, really subsequent to the George Floyd murder and a lot of the work that's being done to address racial injustice is there's a huge health disparity with regards to cancer. You know, cancer affects everyone, but it doesn't affect everyone equally. Uh, the black community has a disproportionately high rate of cancer. Access to care is a big issue. And so the funds that are raised through Crucial Catch go into what we call change grants, which are um, uh, uh, opportunities to invest in community-based health care organizations to deliver much-needed services in underserved communities. So that's a really exciting example how we've worked with the NFL. The other one I'll share with you is as we're approaching, I guess we're in November now, so November mm-hmm. 25th is, is, is uh, tip-off of the uh, uh, NCAA basketball season. We have had an amazing relationship with college coaches, and we have a program with the National Association of Basketball Co- uh, Coaches, the NABC. Uh, they have a new director. You may have heard of him, Craig Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is leading this group um, now working with us. This has been in existence now f- since the 1980s, where we work with college coaches to generate awareness around cancer. You may have seen Suits and Sneakers. We're going to have another Suits and Sneakers week in January and I have to tell you, the college coaches are, Larry, they're extraordinary advocates. They are leaders in their communities, not just on their campuses, but they're national spokespeople that have just given themselves in terms of supporting awareness, raising funds. We work very closely um, with St. Baldrick's Foundation, which focuses on pediatric cancer. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the funds that we raise through Coaches Versus Cancer more recently is to fund those efforts as well. So those are, those are two sort of um, big examples of how we're collaborating with the sports industry to advance our mission. And what's so good, as you mentioned, along with the coaches that the players are so, they really get into it, they enjoy it, and unfortunately, Howard, it's a scenario, A, that they love to, to give and they have this urge to give back to different organizations and charities and things like that. But, of course, as we mentioned earlier, very often, unfortunately, as I've spoken to these athletes, they have family members or relatives or you know friends who have suffered from this can- from cancer. Yeah, a lot of the athletes, a lot of the coaches have personal connections, as you said, and, you know, whether it was themselves. So obviously there are a lot of uh, athletes who have maybe experienced it themselves who are ambassadors for ACS to talk about their own cancer journey. But, you know, they are many times caregivers, their mother for example, may have experienced breast cancer. So a lot of the athletes really talk with personal passion. You talk about lived experiences. This is really where um, we just so appreciate the authentic storytelling Mm -hmm. that these athletes are willing to share very openly and candidly, whether it's their own personal battle with cancer or the caring of a loved one. Um, They've just been extraordinary in the fact that they're just a great megaphone to advance the work that we're doing. Howard, let's talk a little bit before we get into what we can do to make our, you know, the, the, the choices and the choices that we have to, from diet to exercise to other things to prevent from getting cancer or help our chances to prevent getting cancer. Let's talk a little bit about, you kind of mentioned it earlier, about the role of COVID-19 and how the COVID-19, let's face it, Howard, is going to affect 
of some of the funds that you're going to have to help to, to help fight cancer this year because there are, I'm sure, a number of events that you normally have that because of the virus you couldn't have this year. Yeah, actually, I'm really appreciative that you asked the question because uh, it has hit our organization at the American Cancer Society very, very hard. And, you know, obviously, cancer patients themselves are in need of help. Obviously, with regards to COVID-19, um, you know, a lot of them are immune suppressed. They're more susceptible to the virus, all of those types of issues. And all of, so the needs are going up, but the funding is going down. So we're obviously going in, it's sort of an inverse relationship here because we have had to cancel literally 3,000 events across wow. the country. You know, wow. we, we generate a lot of our uh, capital to invest in breakthrough research and patient support programs, much like the ones that we've talked about, although we've had to suspend some of the operations like Hope Lodge and Road to Recovery for safety and health reasons. Those will obviously resume soon. You know, the issue is Relay for Life and making strides against breast cancer really had to reinvent themselves. And a lot of our galas and, and some of our golf events all had to be either canceled or postponed this year, which has had a huge impact on uh, our ability to raise funds for all the programs I've talked about. So, you know, in terms of engaging with uh, corporate partners and major donors and a lot of the sports leagues, it's really um, in many ways has made those even more important. Um, we're probably going to, um, in terms of research, which we're really known for in, uh, in terms of our fight against cancer, um, we're probably not going to be able to, we're probably be down 50% in terms of our ability to uh, make grants to all of these incredible investigators that are trying to find cures and treatment. And let's, let's be real about that, Howard. That's, that's, that's costing lives. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting, um, you know, you say that, you know, and it's really true, you know, we're, and not to make a sports analogy, but since this is ESPN, you know, a lot of these discoveries of research, we're at like the 10 yard line, we're in the red zone, and the only way we're going to get it across into the end zone, right, is if these researchers are funded, and you're right, lives are going to be lost, and uh, we don't, we, 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 you know, we have to, um, invest in research for cures and all of the things, you know, that we talked about in terms of treatments. But, you know, in the midst of COVID, I mentioned earlier about people essentially not, you know, being comfortable going out to get their colonoscopies or their mammograms during COVID on top of the lack of research that's taking place or research that's been delayed or stalled. The National Cancer Institute is actually projecting anywhere between 25 and 30,000 additional new deaths in the United States because people essentially have delayed or have avoided getting their cancer screening. So it really is a dire situation for the cancer community. Ooh, that's, those are some scary numbers, Howard. Those are some very scary numbers. And to those, and we'll give the website in a second so people can donate, to those who say, well, listen, yeah, we understand that, and it's a tough situation, but let's go to the corporate sponsors. Well, hey, guess what, Howard? Corporate sponsors are losing money, too. Yeah, no, it, it, look, these are, these are unprecedented and challenging times, and, you know, for everybody. And so, you know, we our big um, issue is we just want people to understand that, um, you know, <laughs> cancer doesn't stop, and neither do we. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the website? Howard? The website is www.cancer, 
dot org o r g that's our website um, information about how to donate but also information about prevention detection um, all the things that we talked about today plus a whole lot more information about cancer clinical trials really if you it's a one-stop shot is probably um, you know one of the best resources if people have any questions about cancer that's the voice of Howard Bayek. He's the Senior Vice President of Corporate and Sports Alliances and Partnerships for the American Cancer Society. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. That's a perfect segue, Howard, to talk about, because you can find this on the website as well, but let's talk about things people can do for cancer prevention, and then we'll talk about what you can do if, unfortunately, you have it, and then you can fight against it. Let's start with uh, cancer prevention. So, you know, a lot of people don't fully realize this, Larry, but there are a lot of things that you can do to prevent cancer. So first of all, just stay away from tobacco. I mean, I know that mm. sounds obvious. I mean, smoking, chewing tobacco, you know, we're really concerned, frankly, about e-cigarettes and vaping, particularly in the way tobacco companies have been marketing to children. Um, you know, we've made great progress um, with tobacco cessation and reducing uh, uh, tobacco usage. And, you know, frankly, some of those uh, winds are being eroded by uh, vaping and e-cigarettes. So first and foremost, just stay away from tobacco. So that's, that's an easy one. Uh, the other one is, you know, just be safe in the sun. I mean, you know, wear sunscreen, uh, you know, avoid prolonged exposure, you know, where you can seek shade when you're outside, you know, put a hat on. And obviously one of the things we tell people is avoid tanning beds and sun lamps. So that's obviously on the skin cancer front. The other one that I think a lot of people don't realize, Larry, is eating healthy and getting active helps reduce the risk of lots of different kinds of cancers. So, you know, eating a healthy diet and being physically active, eating healthy and um, avoiding or limiting alcohol consumption. So all of those things around, you know, again, eating healthy and, and staying active um, are big parts of prevention. You know, I'll just add two more. You know, one of the things that it's really important is uh, to protect against HPV, and that's really done through through vaccinating your kids between the ages of nine and twelve. So that's a a fairly easy solution for uh, preventing HPV. And then, you know, we talked a lot about early detection, and you know, I think you know, screening and self exams, those are proactive things that can help prevent uh, prevent cancer. So those are those those are about you know, those are the five things that I would highlight today that people can you know, take control of in, in helping prevent cancer for themselves. And fighting cancer, depending on which type of cancer, unfortunately, you, you have. Obviously, working with your physician and having a plan as to having a road back to hopefully good health. Exactly. You know, I think, uh, you know, one of the things we talked about COVID, you know, just your, your health professional, your physician, uh, the, the nursing community, boy, these health workers have been just heroes. I mean, they've been heroic during this time. But as it relates to cancer, you know, again, a lot of the things that I just mentioned are part of a, a plan that, you know, you should be talking to uh, as you get regular annual physicals and that you do all of the regular screenings that we talked about. The relationship between yourself and your doctor is, is critical. Howard, let's talk a little bit about the role of the caregiver. Uh, having gone through just uh, losing my mother-in-law to a battle with dementia the past uh, earlier this year, 
I, I understood in working with my wife, trying to work with her in the care in the caregiver's role. Just you know, Howard, having somebody to talk to, realizing that you're not the only person in the world that has this issue, and sometimes as you're going through it, you're so you know it's tunnel vision. You're just working with that loved one or working with that friend, and sometimes you really need to talk with somebody who's going through the same thing, and and how that frees you up. Can you talk with some of the? Can you talk about some of the uh, programs that maybe the American Cancer Society can help lead to people towards? Yeah, no, and I think one of the things is caregivers are such a critical part of the community um, and obviously are critical to, um, you know, a, a family member or a friend who's going through cancer. But they also have needs, too, as you indicated. You know, it's a, it's a very, very difficult challenge to be taking care of uh, someone who has cancer. And so being part of a community and sharing stories and sharing experiences with, with like-minded individuals who are going through the same thing. You know, I mentioned our website. There are opportunities and links to organizations, uh, support groups, and what have you, again, through www.cancer.org. But I'll also share with you one of the services that we offer is a 24-7, 365-day hotline, mm. and it's called our National Cancer Information Center. And the opportunity to get additional resources outside of the website um, are available through this number, and it's, it's 1-800-227-2345. And that number, I will tell you, even if you wanted to talk to one of our specialists, and wanted to talk as a caregiver to get information, to get support. Again, 1-800-227-2345. Really encourage people to avail themselves of the 24-7 hotline. Sometimes you just need to talk to somebody, Howard. <laughs> and, you know, so our, folks are, our folks are amazing because they're also, as much as they are experts at giving advice, they are also extraordinary at listening. And sometimes just an empathetic ear that understands the issue is really important as well when we return the marriage and synergy of the american cancer society and the canadian cancer society we'll explore that next when the conversation continues on 98.7 espn you're listening to new york sports and beyond on 98.7 espn i'm larry hardesty let's conclude my discussion with howard bike senior vice president of corporate and sports alliances and partnerships for the american cancer society Howard, can you talk a little bit about the, the connection and the, the great work that the, the, the Canadian Cancer Society is doing and working with you and, and how that has helped to really push uh, what you're doing with Hockey Fights Cancer? Yeah, no, it's really, really great. I'm glad you asked it. First of all, the, cancer, uh, the Canadian Cancer Society folks are just wonderful partners you know, this is not just uh, an American issue. It's a global mm -hmm. issue. And, you know, they also have lodging and transportation programs as well, much like our Hope Lodges and Road to Recovery. So, you know, one of the things that we uh, talk about is, you know, this is a, a borderless issue. And mm -hmm. so when we engage the 31 NHL clubs, obviously some of them are Canadian-based. So the programs that I sort of outlined that – you know, with the lavender dashboards and all of the, the special lavender um, merchandise that's being sold, uh, you know, a portion of the proceeds from those go as well to the Canadian Cancer Society. Now, I do need to highlight that obviously uh, this season, uh, the, you know, the NHL isn't playing in November, which is usually um, hockey fights cancer. So we're really moving this year in our work with the Canadian Cancer Society and obviously the NHL and uh, the NHLPA 
to really focusing on social media and and really the digital space. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing a lot more on, you know, NHL.com. You know, we're doing a lot with uh, American Cancer Society at OurCancer.com and similarly with the Canadian Cancer Society. And what's really it's been really exciting about using social media and the websites is it gives us an opportunity to storytell. So, you know, a lot of what we talked about earlier is that the players, many of them are willing to share their stories. So what we're going to be doing uh, throughout this month is we're going to be highlighting actually uh, each week a specific player and their hockey story. So the first one we're actually doing is, is uh, a story on Oscar Lindblom, who, if you know, is, uh, plays obviously for the Philadelphia Flyers. Mm-hmm. You know, Lindblom returned to play this past season during the playoffs after a successful you know, cancer treatment in 2019. His story is extremely inspirational. You know, we're actually uh, highlighting uh, him through video storytelling. Then we're going to uh, highlight, um, you know, Hall of Famer, you know, Dale Howarchuk, you know, who is, you know, unfortunately no longer with us. He passed away of stomach cancer at age 57 this past August. He was the face of the Winnipeg Jets. And then the third week, uh, uh, we're going to be highlighting Kyle Quincy, who is a former Avalanche player whose infant son, Axel, is actually, um, you know, unfortunately battling brain cancer. Um, you know, he was uh, diagnosed uh, uh, two days before his first birthday. And then the last one we're going to, to, to showcase is, is Shea Theodore of the, of the Vegas Golden Knights, who, uh, you know, Theodore revealed in, in 2019 uh, that he was diagnosed with stage one testicular cancer after mm-hmm. shortly returning home uh, from, you know, I guess he had won the silver medal, I think, with Canada at the 2019 World Championships. So we're going hi- to highlight Shea as well. So, you know, again, going back to the earlier comments about you know, showcasing authentic, real stories from the players. These are, are the four that we're going to showcase throughout the month of November in support of, of Hockey Fights Cancer. Howard, you know, that's an interesting thought process about social media. And I know since you've joined the, the, the American Cancer Society, there's more social media than it's ever been. This is really how we're, you know, communicating now. You and I joked at the start of our interview before we began about how everybody's talking about Zoom. Zoom is, nobody knew what Zoom was. It used to be a, listen, I'll show my age, it used to be a highlight on the cartoons. Like, that's how fast the car went. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> we must be the same age. I remember that show as a kid. And now we're looking at that, that's all we know is Zoom. So, let's talk a little bit, Howard, about social media and how how, you know, organizations like the Cancer Society has to adjust to focus to a different audience now. Yeah, you know, we're, we're moving to what we're calling sort of a digital first orientation. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about, you know, the thousands of events, live events that we've had to cancel. And we're not alone. A lot of organizations are obviously not profits as well as for profit have obviously had to cancel live events. So it really has shifted the paradigm around, you know, communicating via digital can- uh, channels and, and social. And obviously, the American Cancer Society is, is no exception. But really what puts it on, 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 I would say, put it on steroids. Is that okay to say that? I know sure. that. I understand what you mean. Uh, you know, <laughs> what has really accelerated that um, and has really made a big impact is um, the inclusion of influencers. So, and, and sports is really like the best example of that is essentially, you know, we can talk about cancer and cancer prevention um, and all of that is extremely important. But when an athlete that has, 
you know, 25 or 30 million followers, it really becomes, again, a megaphone. It's essentially, you know, again, social media on steroids. It's this whole opportunity to really get the message out to a larger audience. So really our sports ambassadors are just so critical. Uh, celebrities as well are just so critical for awareness and information to make it to the people that need it. Howard Pike is my guest, Senior Vice President of Corporate and Sports Alliances and Partnerships for the American Cancer Society. You're listening, and we thank you for doing that, to New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. Howard, in the time we have left, I want to talk about some happiness. All right? Let's start with the volunteers that you've got working with the American Cancer Society and just talk a little bit about uh, the conversations you have with them and, and some of the things that they share with you and and just their their uh impact on what you guys are doing at the American Cancer Society? Well, I really appreciate it because the question is great because we are really a volunteer-led organization. Um, you know, we have American Cancer Society staff, but really what makes things happen in the markets across the country are our volunteers. Um, it's an army of volunteers. And I have to tell you from fundraising to hosting events to advocating on Capitol Hill or at state capitals to ensure that cancer is part of the conversation when it comes to passing legislation. I mean, our volunteers have not stopped. And I, I said it before, I said, you know, cancer, cancer doesn't stop and neither do we. That really is true of the volunteers, Larry. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have not wavered during all of this. In fact, in many ways, they see, listen, they need to sort of engage even further because there's just so much going on in the world right now, obviously amidst the pandemic, the economic calamity, racial social injustice, obviously the presidential election, all of these things are happening, which obviously distracts people from investing in the fight against cancer. So our volunteers are making sure that that's front and center and they are sharing their strengths in all the various ways that I mentioned, plus many more. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And, you you know, you just love their passion. Howard, it, it, sometimes it keeps you going, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know, I will tell you, you know, it, work is hard. We all work really hard. And all you really need to do is when you talk to a volunteer or you talk to a, a grant recipient or a patient, you're really reminded why you do this every day and why you work, you know, the many hours that we all do. And the other thing I want you to share, Howard, is some of your conversations that you have with researchers and doctors and just that, you know, and you mentioned you kind of touched on it earlier. We are winning the battle. We are getting closer. Yes, we have a long way to go. But, Howard, we've come a long way as well. Yeah, you know, it's interesting when you talk to doctors and researchers. First of all, the innovation is extraordinary, um, you know whether it's using CRISPR, which uh, we give a Medal of Honor award um, to um, folks that are really leading uh, the research space, the scientists, the doctors, and what have you. And actually, uh, the, 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 the most recent recipients of our Medal of Honor just won the Nobel Prize. In fact, we have funded almost uh, 50 Nobel Prize winners over our wow. history. And so we're very proud of that. And so, you know, these are the folks that are really, truly at the tip of the spear in terms of leading the fight. 
you know, the innovation, the creativity, but, you know, I'll be just very direct about it. It takes capital. It takes yeah. money to yeah. make this happen. And, you know, we're focused on, you know, all of these research breakthroughs need to be funded. So that's why when I mentioned that our investment in research is going to be literally cut in half this year, given our fundraising down, downside with, with COVID, why that is just, that's very dire. And, 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 it, and, you know, we really urge people to recognize that if we are going to fund these doctors and these amazing scientists, um, you know, as much as it takes energy and spirit, it also, it also takes money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Howard, in closing, let's uh, do a quick recap for some people who may have joined us in the middle of our conversation. And let's talk about the 22nd annual Hockey Fights Cancer Initiative that has begun, even though there's no fight on the ice. Listen, (laughs) hockey fights and cancer fights, they continue. Yeah, I I have to tell you, um, this is the world is certainly, you know, very different than it was last year. We really encourage people to go to NHL.com and search for Hockey Fights Cancer or go to cancer.org. I think, you know, there's opportunities to be involved, even though, you know, obviously in November we won't be playing hockey. We will be doing a lot of activities via social media. And that, by the way, includes um, youth hockey. Um, we have mm-hmm. what's called Hockey Fights Cancer Assists, which is really for hockey players ages 6 to 18. And that's going to kick off actually in January. And so there's going to be a site that's going to be put up through a charity GoFundMe site that people can link on to, um, raise money, um, really uh, support the work that we're doing at the community level as well at the professional level. And how would give us the website one more time? Well, the website for um, for uh, uh, cancer, uh, American Cancer Society is mm-hmm. www.cancer.org. Excellent. Howard Bike, it was a pleasure to chat with you this morning. Uh, thanks for taking a couple of minutes. And listen, uh, let the folks that you talk to at the... Uh, uh, you know, the American uh, Cancer Society know that we we applaud them. We appreciate the hard work that you and they do. And um, we'll get it. It may take some time, but we'll get to where we got to go. Well, we really appreciate it. It's a team sport. And Larry, thanks for the opportunity to share some information. Howard, thanks for joining me this morning. We'll talk soon. You bet. That wraps up this edition of New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. We thank you for joining us. We'll join you later today on The Drive. And during the week on ESPN New York Tonight, and of course, right back here next Sunday morning on New York Sports and Beyond. For my all-world producer, the legendary Ray Santiago, I'm Larry Hardesty. The Fine Line is next, followed by Anita Marks with Fantasy Focus. Then Anita joins Chris Canty and our GM Mike Tannenbaum later this morning on New York Game Day at 8. Yeah, it's a football Sunday on 98.7 ESPN New York.